love looking up over the crowd and seeing the Lord speak to hearts while folks are ministering. And that's what was happening tonight. We thank the Lord for that. Well, church, let's talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit tonight. I'm not going to keep you along at all this evening, but, um, but let's talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. And um, specifically tonight, we're going to talk about this subject, the Holy Spirit and sanctification. And so I was in a meeting, uh, I was in a meeting the other day and Brother Todd McKeon, we love Brother Todd, Brother Todd McKeon was in the meeting there and um, I had preached first and Brother Todd preached second and, and I was just, and we were already in our series on the Holy Spirit and Brother Todd got to preaching and got to preaching on this passage that I'm going to give you tonight. And man, he got to preaching and the Holy Spirit got to working in my life and, and, he, and, and just God began to show me some things and I want to try to... I want to try to share with you tonight. And so look at 2 Kings chapter 4 tonight in your Bibles when you find your place. If you'll stand with us tonight, out of respect for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to stand, that is. And let's talk about the Holy Spirit and sanctification tonight. We're going to read a very, very interesting story here. 2 Kings chapter 4, and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. And then he said, Go. Borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, empty vessels, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And look at verse four, and this is while Brother Todd was preaching. Well, this is the verse that just leaped off the page at me. Verse four says, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels. Look at this last line. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. And man, he read that scripture and I thought, whoa. That's right, that goes right along with our series. So verse five, so she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there's not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Wow, what a story. You may be seated tonight. And, uh, and so here's what we're going to do. So this morning, we talked about the operation of God. And we're going to give you, Lord willing, we're going to give you part two of that next Sunday morning. And you won't want to miss. I'm, uh, you won't want to miss. Um, but also, we're going to give you part two of this uh, message next Sunday night, Lord willing, as well. And so we're not going to try to give, give it to you all tonight. In fact, I'm going to give you two points this evening, and we're going to be done, and you're, you're going to go into the house. Two major points. Now, I have 75 subpoints, but, but just two major points, all right? And, uh, and so we're going to be, we won't be lengthy at all tonight. But, but here, here, here's what I would say. Whatever you do, don't sacrifice getting something from the Bible just because you're thinking about the time. And I don't think you are tonight. 
But uh, let's talk about the Holy Spirit and sanctification this evening. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for uh, being so good to us. And Lord, I was just sitting there while Miss Krista was singing, Brother Michael was playing, and, and uh, I was just thinking, Lord, this is a good place to be. And Lord, you're so faithful to meet with us on a regular basis. Worthy? No, no, we're not worthy. But we know you're a gracious God. And we just thank you, Father, for passing by our way so often, breathing on us, letting us feel the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I, I, I believe that you're pleased by what we're teaching here on Sunday nights. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us tonight, assist us, guide us, like we've uh, uh, taught about the last few weeks. And, and Lord, I pray that what we talk about tonight would be understandable. I pray it'll be helpful. And I pray that it will honor you and glorify you and please you. And so, Lord, help us tonight, please. Bless the live stream as it reaches out. And we just pray that uh, you'll be pleased through all this done. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, what a great story 2 Kings chapter 4 is. And uh, if I could just go back and just elaborate just a little bit on the story tonight. So here's what's going on. The Bible says that a, uh, a son of the prophet, what is a son of the prophet? Well, this would be like a, a ministerial student. This would be um, a preacher boy. Uh, this would be a young man that's in Bible college type thing. And so uh, a son of the prophet has died. And I, I, I believe this. I believe probably this little family's young. I believe that this uh, little widow that he's left, I believe probably she's a young lady. I don't know how young. Uh, maybe early 20s, I don't know, but I believe she's a young lady. We know there's a couple sons that are involved in this situation. And so the son of the prophet has died and he's left his family for some reason. He sort of left them in a bad way. They have, uh, they have some debt. And the Bible says that this little widow reaches out to the man of God. She reaches out to Elisha the prophet. And uh, evidently the creditors are getting ready to foreclose on their property. And back in that day and time, uh, if, if, if that was the case, they could take your children and they could take your children, what the Bible refers to there is bondmen or slaves. Basically, it's, it's the same thing. And so she comes to the man of God and she says, uh, man of God, she says, you know that my husband was a, a servant. He loved the Lord. He's died now. We're in a bad way and uh, we, we need your help. Well, the Bible says that Elisha Ask her what she has in the house, if there's anything that she might possibly sell. And we notice here that her reply is, in verse number two, she says, I have one little pot of oil. I looked that up. That word pot there means flask. Uh, this is not a, probably not a very large uh, container. Uh, and so she has a small pot of oil uh, in the house. And so Elijah's advice is this. I want you to go and borrow every vessel that you can find from your neighbors and bring those vessels in. And then I want you to pour out from your vessel into the other vessels. And her Bible says that she, uh, her sons go out and they borrow all these vessels. They bring these empty vessels in. She takes this little pot of oil that she has, a little flask of oil, and she pours into the first pot. It keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. And she fills that little vessel up. And then she goes to the next vessel and she pours and pours and pours and pours. And she fills that vessel up. 
And she goes the next and she pours it in, just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring until she has filled every vessel that she has. She says to her son, bring me another vessel. He says, mama, we don't have another vessel. We brought every vessel we can bring. We borrowed every vessel that, that we can borrow uh, and they're all filled. And then the Bible says that Elisha said to this little widow, go sell the oil and settle your debt. Now, we know this. We know that the Old Testament many times is an, is an illustration of New Testament truth. And as Brother McKeon was preaching on this story the other day, I thought, wow, that's a great illustration of what we've been teaching here on Sunday night. Oil in the Bible is typically a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Now, we may go a little further than that and give you some other symbols before we're done with this study, but oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Oil, let me give you a, a few things that oil was used for. Oil, first of all, was used for anointing, anointing. It was used to anoint the altar. Genesis 28, 18 says it like this, and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And we notice that often in the Old Testament that altar, the altar was anointed with oil. Not only that, but we find that, um, that it was used for the anointing of the priest. Luke chapter eight and verse number 30 tells us that. It was also used for the anointing of the king. Uh, when, a, when a man was becoming king, they would anoint that man with oil. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. Talking about uh, Saul there. We notice also that oil was used for anointing the sick. We still do that today here at Calvary Baptist Church. James chapter five, verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So oil was used for anointing. Tell you something else. Oil was used for lighting, for lighting or to put in lamps. Now, Exodus 35, 14, the candlestick also for the light and his furniture and his lamps with the oil for the light. And so it was used for lighting. Hang with me, church. I'm going somewhere. And this is just stuff you need to know. And so it was used for anointing. Oil was used for lighting. Tell you something else. Oil was used for cooking. Uh, Leviticus chapter 6, verse 21 talks about that a little bit. We still use oil today uh, when it comes to cooking. But this is the part I want to get to. Oil was used for sanctification. Leviticus 6, verse 20, 20, 21 says it like this. Uh, I'm sorry, Leviticus 8, verse 10. And Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. When you see that word sanctified or sanctification, basically it's a big word that just means this, a setting beside or a setting to the side, a setting apart. God wants you and I to be sanctified. Now, what's that mean? That mean better? Doesn't mean better. We're not better than anybody. Um, uh, but the Bible says that you and I are set apart. We're set apart to bring glory to our Savior. Uh, and that's what the word sanctified, uh, that, that's what it means. Now, sanctification. We see that in this little story that we read tonight in 2 Kings chapter 4. Again, look at verse number 4 there, if you will. The Bible says, and when thou art come in, 
Thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour oil or pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. And that, of course, is an implying of sanctification. Now, let me just give you tonight, real quickly, let me give you two things about these vessels that were used uh, in this story tonight. Number one, we notice this, the vessels needed to be empty. Look at it, if you will, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3. This is important, and we know that we have a Bible. There's no accident in our Bible, uh, and so God put this there on purpose. And again, don't forget, this is an Old Testament illustration of New Testament truth. Verse 3, then he said, then the man of God, then he said, go bar the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, empty vessels. In order to be filled with oil, it was necessary that the vessels be empty. They had to be empty. Now think about it. If there was any other substance in the vessel, it was gonna spoil the oil. It, it would taint. Uh, and she's gonna put this oil into the vessel and then she's gonna sell it to try to take care of her debt. And if there's any other thing in the vessel, it's gonna spoil the oil. Now, we talked about Revivify this morning. Tonight, we're gonna talk about spoiling the oiling, amen? And uh, now, think about it, think about it. Uh, if the vessels were unclean, Boy, nobody wants, a, uh, nobody wants a vessel that's unclean. And so if she pours into these vessels, these vessels are dirty, and we'll get a little bit more into that in just a minute, and, uh, and they're dirty, and then she try, tries to sell it, well, nobody's gonna buy dirty oil. If the vessels contained water, how many know this? That oil and water don't mix. And so if there had been a little bit of water in these vessels, well, it would have spoiled the oil. And so these vessels had to be empty. Uh, if the vessels would have had cleaning product in them or fuel, oftentimes back in that day and time, little vessels would, would, would can, uh, contain fuel and uh, that wouldn't work. It was important that the vessels be empty. Now church, I believe we see a great truth here and the truth is this, if you and I are gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, it is very important. In fact, it is vital that we be empty if we're gonna be Filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now you say, Pastor, empty. What do you mean? That it's important that we be empty. Well, how about this? Number one, it's important that we be empty of sin. Empty of sin. We're, listen, did you know tonight that we're not gonna be full of the Holy Spirit and full of sin at the same time? But that's where we are in our culture. We have people that don't wanna live a holy life they don't want to live a sanctified life. They don't want to be separated. They want to live like the world. And then they want to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, church, it doesn't work like that. God is not going to fill you if you're already full of something else. And so if we're going to be filled with the Spirit of God, it's important that we be empty of sin. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Now I want you to take your Bibles real quickly, if you will, and turn over to, uh, hold your place there in 2 Kings 4, but I want you to turn to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and been battling a cold this week, and you, you can tell my voice is not going to hold up tonight, and so we're just going to do our best to teach this to you, and uh, I hope it'll be a blessing. But look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 20. Very, very important scripture here. 
empty of sin. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. The Bible says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Look what it says. And some to what? Honor. And some to what? Dishonor. Now look at verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. What's the next word? There it is. Sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now, church, that's pretty, pretty simple right there. And that means this, if you and I are gonna be sanctified, it's important that we keep our vessel clean. God does not desire to use a dirty vessel. We say, I don't, I don't think that's good. Well, you're the same way. You don't like to use a dirty vessel either. If you go to a restaurant and you look, and, and that happened not long ago, my wife and I went to a restaurant and she unwrapped her silverware and it was dirty. I mean, it was dirty. You know what Miss Tammy did not do? She did not say, well, it'll be okay. I'm just gonna eat with it anyway. It, it looked like it missed the dishwasher, still got somebody else's food on it, but that's okay. I'm gonna go ahead and eat with it. You say, preacher, uh, I, I would never do that. You're exactly right. If you get a cup or a glass or a plate and that plate's not clean, it's defiled, it's dirty, you know what you do? You call for the server and you say, this is not clean. I need, I need another vessel. I need another fork. I need another spoon. I need another plate. And so it is with God. God said, if I'm gonna fill you with the Holy Spirit, I need your vessel to be empty. I need you to be empty of sin. I need you to be clean. I need you to be holy. Now that's simple, simple, simple teaching tonight. But I'm telling you what, church, that is so important. Now, you know what? Did you know in the average church tonight that you can't even preach on separation anymore without making people mad? But it's in the Bible. And God wants us to be clean. And God wants us to be holy. We don't like holy preaching anymore very much. But I'm just telling us that if you and I have any hope of being filled with the Spirit of God, we've got to be clean. And we've got to be empty. Listen, you can't be filled with sin and be filled with the Spirit of God at the same time. It's not going to happen. Just a few months ago, down here at a local gas station, <coughs> they made a mistake. And they put diesel into the wrong holding tank. Some of our people went by there and put fuel into their tanks not knowing. They had gas, uh, gas motors and they went by thinking they were putting you know, just regular fuel into their uh, vehicles when in fact they were putting diesel into their gas motors and boy, it didn't take very long to figure that out. I mean, they started having a lot of problems and some of our people, I mean, some of our people here tonight had major issues with their cars and they had to put their cars in the, uh, in the shop. Now, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Did you know it, it, it wasn't enough just to drain the diesel? It had to be cleaned. Uh, listen, if they put two or three gallons of diesel in their, in their gas tank, and then a little bit later, they, they figured out what was going on. They couldn't say, well, you know what? I'm just gonna fill it the rest of the way up with fuel, regular fuel. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work till you get the bad out and get the good in. 
And church, in the same exact way, it's not gonna work. Listen, it's not gonna work for us to be filled with the Spirit of God as long as there's sin and wrong in our lives. And so it's very important that the vessel be empty of sin. But I'll tell you something else. Not only empty of sin, but how about this one? Empty of self. Empty of self. Galatians 5, 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Listen, did you know it is a sad day in America because Christians are so full of self when they walk into the church? It's no wonder they can't get something from the Lord. Now, I, I, would, I, I, I would like to think that it's different here, but I'm just telling you that people all over America walk into churches and basically their attitude is this, God, you got 20 good minutes. Bless me while you can. And, uh, and you know what? God says, I don't work on your time frame. And God said, I can bless you, but I don't, I'm not gonna bless you if you put me in a, you know, if you put me in some kind of a box. How many know that God will not be put in a box? And so, uh, listen, I'm talking about emptying yourself of self. I love what D.L. Moody said. Moody said, I firmly believe that the moment our hearts are emptied of selfishness and ambition and self-seeking and everything that's contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will come and fill every corner of our hearts. But if we're full of pride and conceit, ambition, self-seeking, pleasure, and the world, there's no room for the Spirit of God. I also believe that many a man is praying to God to fill him when he's already filled with something else. Before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray he would empty us. There must be an emptying before there can be a filling. And when the heart is turned upside down and everything that is contrary to God is turned out, then the Spirit will come. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Now, church, listen, we're about done. I told you we're gonna be brief tonight, and we are gonna be brief. But I'm, listen, did you know it would be a grand day at Calvary Baptist Church if this place got full of Christians who walked in here and saying, oh, God, help me to be empty, help me to be empty, help me to be empty, and God, I want you to fill me. I want you to fill me with the Spirit of God. It'd be a great day if we had Sunday school teachers that prayed, Lord, Fill me with the Spirit of God. And choir members that said, fill me with the Spirit of God. And deacons and ushers and, and preachers and, uh, and people that walked in saying, Lord, help me to be empty of sin and help me to be empty of self and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And so, number one, we notice here, the vessels needed to be empty. But there's something else. Last of all, we notice, notice here the vessels needed to be Many. Now look back at your passage tonight. Second Kings chapter four and verse number three. Look what Elisha, the prophet, said to this lady. Verse three, then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Look, look at this last part. Borrow not a few. Oh, I like that. If this lady was to pay the debt, there needed to be a lot of filled vessels. And the more vessels, the better her situation. Hey, Calvary, if we're gonna make a difference in Union Grove, North Carolina, and Iredell County, and this area, 
We need vessels that are filled and we need as many vessels that are filled with the Holy Spirit as possible. And let me tell you what's a great lesson to learn. And this is it. God doesn't need your ability as much as he needs your availability. Now, if you've got a gift tonight, praise the Lord. If you can sing, you can play, you can preach, whatever the case may be, praise the Lord if God's given you a gift. And I'm telling you, did you know what God is really looking for? God is looking for some folks who'll say, Lord, I don't really have a talent. I don't have a gift. I don't know if I have a whole lot to give, but I'll tell you what I will do. I'm just gonna give myself. I'm gonna yield myself. And so God is looking for your availability. But I wanna tell you this. Don't walk in on Sunday uh, and, and think this, that God, God doesn't want to use your field vessel in a big way. Did you know that? And I tell people this all the time, but I'm telling you, church, this is not just preacher talking points. I told somebody this already tonight, and I believe it. I told this person, God has big, big plans for you. I believe that. I'm not trying to blow their head up. Man, I believe it. And I believe the people I'm preaching to tonight, I believe God has big, big, gigantic plans for every one of you. And so when you walk in here on Sunday morning, listen, be empty and let him fill you. But when he fills you, understand that God wants to use you in a great way for the cause of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, little old me, yes, little old you. You say, but pastor, I got started so late in my Christian life. Well, thank God you came when you did. And thank God you've still got some time. And so in the time that you have left, let God fill you with the Holy Ghost and let him use you to point many to righteousness. Well, I thought about this and we're done. Luke chapter nine, remember Luke chapter nine? That's the story where the Bible says that Jesus feeds the multitude. In fact, our Bible tells us this, that we know there are at least 5,000 men. We're not exactly sure how many women and children were there, but at least 5,000 men. So if there were 5,000 men, I would say, you know, boy, there was a lot of, probably a lot of wives there. And there was probably uh, quite a few children. Some say there could have been up, upwards of 15,000 people here. And we know the story here that Jesus fed the entire multitude. Listen to this. Did you know that that miracle was possible in part because one small boy had a filled vessel? Now, I believe this. Probably his vessel didn't look like much. I don't know if he had a little lunch bag type thing, a little brown lunch bag. I don't know if it was some kind of a little wicker basket that his mom put his lunch in. I don't know what it looked like. And I'm saying probably it didn't look, didn't look very elaborate. But I tell you, I'll tell you what was different about this young man's vessel than anybody else's vessel. His was filled. And because his vessel was filled and he yielded it to the Lord, God performed a great miracle. Now, wait a minute now, church, look at, look, look at me, we're done. You say, preacher, my vessel doesn't look like much. Okay, well, praise the Lord, join the crowd. You say, preacher, spiritually speaking, I'm just an old brown paper bag, nothing fancy, okay? But it's not the container that's the important part. It's what fills the container. And if you're willing to get yourself empty of sin, live a holy life, 
Live a separated life. Live a sanctified life. Empty yourself of self and let the Holy Spirit fill you. This is what I'm saying. Did you know that God could use you to perform great miracles and to do great things for the cause of Christ? Hey, young men, listen to your preacher here tonight. Did you know that God could use you to turn many to the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, preacher, not me, not me. Yes, he could. Yes, he could. God could use you. But here's the thing. You got to be filled. You got to be filled. It's important that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. But we need a vessel that's empty. And we need vessels that are many. Well, my brother called me a couple weeks ago. And he said, my dad might be watching tonight. I don't know. But he called me a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago or so, and he said, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I said, okay. He said, we're going to kidnap dad. And he said, we're going to get him out of the house for a while. And he said, we want to take him down the lake and go fishing for a little bit. And he said, I'd rather use your boat. He said, he won't have to step down in it. We've got a pontoon boat. And he said, he can just step across and we won't have to help him down in it. He can just step across. And, and I said, yeah, man, that sounds great. Let's do it. And so I hadn't had my boat out in about a year. The man I went down, pulled it out, took the cover off, and uh, ran the stink bugs out, you know, and I uh, started washing it and trying to, you know, get all the cobwebs off of it and, and shining it up, you know, and clean it, trying to clean it up and, uh, and, and charge it up and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, man, I, and I, I was so excited. I mean, I went and I, I got my... Now, rod and reels all changed over and got new line put on them and man got got my lures put on and and uh, I mean man we were ready I mean I was ready we were ready to go well and, and long, long story short it didn't work out and, and dad couldn't go and uh, man I was disappointed but I thought you know what I'm still gonna go I put so much trouble into this and so much time into this I'm still gonna go so sure enough man I tore off the next day in fact I took my little redhead with me and we took off down to the lake about 4.30, I think, uh, on that uh, Thursday. And uh, boy, that boat looked good, man. It was shining going down the road. I shined up the tires real good and the trailer looked good. And man, it just looked good. Man, I backed, it, backed that thing down in the water. And, and, uh, and so Miss Tammy came over and she was gonna pull out the truck, you know, and I got it off the trailer. And I went and hit the key and wouldn't crank. Now, you know why I wouldn't crank? Because it was empty of a charge. Hadn't been charging the battery like I was supposed to. Hadn't been running the motor. And because of that, the motor, the battery was empty of a charge. Boy, you talk about disappointed. We had to pull it back up onto the trailer and go home and never got to do anything. It was empty. That's what I'm saying, church. It was empty. It was empty of a charge. Listen, can I ask you a question? Are you empty of a charge? You say, Pastor, I'd really like to make a difference for Jesus. Okay, I'm telling you how you can do it. You're going to have to empty yourself of self, and you're going to have to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you get filled with the Spirit of God, you know what happens? God sets those vessels to the side. God sets those field vessels to the side so they can be used for a special purpose. 
Now that's some teaching tonight. But I hope it's helped you. Father, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. And God, I pray that you'll take these, this, these very simple, simple words tonight. And Lord, I pray that you'll challenge us to be empty, empty of sin, empty of self. And God, I pray that you give us such a crowd here at Calvary Baptist Church that's determined to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, give us teachers that walk into the podium and in the class on Sunday morning that are filled with the Spirit of God. God, give us a choir that walks into the choir loft on Sunday morning that's filled with the Holy Spirit. God, give us a hospitality team that's filled with the Spirit of God. Give us leadership here that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord, we, we understand it's not so much our vessel, but it's what our vessel's filled with. So Lord, tonight, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. I pray you'd do that. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask you a question or two real quickly and we're gonna go. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know for sure that I would go to heaven when I die. If that's you, you slip your hand up tonight and say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. Is there anybody here tonight who would say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand. If I died tonight, I'm not sure of heaven, and I want you to pray for me. Is there anybody like that here tonight, and I can pray for you? Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up right now. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there somebody else tonight? Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me tonight? Is there anybody else? Can I pray for you this evening? All right. I'm going to pray for these. Well, I wonder how many of you here tonight would say, Pastor, I want my vessel to be filled. I don't want to just exist. I want to make a difference for the cause of Christ. When I get to heaven one day, I want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And church, if that's going to happen, we're going to have to make sure our vessels are empty and filled with the Spirit of God. How many here tonight you say, preacher, somewhere along the line, God, God's challenging me about something. And you'd slip your hand up tonight, right now. And you'd say, God's challenging me about something. You pray for me. Pray for me about that. Amen. 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 Many hands. Many hands. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight, you ought to just slip down to this altar and say, Lord, would you fill me? Lord, would you fill me with the Holy Spirit and use me to appoint many to Christ? Why don't we stand tonight all over the house? Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, I know this has been so simple, but I pray, it's, I pray it has uh, spoken to heart. Father, I pray first of all for these that have raised their hands and said they're not sure about their salvation. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd help them to come. And Lord, let us help them to let us take a Bible and show them how they can know that they know that they know that they're going to heaven when they die. And then Lord, tonight, would you just use this series to burden some hearts to be filled, completely filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Father, give us some husbands that are spirit-filled husbands. Give us some wives that are filled with the Holy Ghost. 
God, give us teachers and choir members and hospitality team and, and uh, maintenance team and ushers. And Father, give us people that are filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, please. And we thank you, Lord, and love you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Hey, listen, if God is speaking to your heart tonight, why don't you just step out and come and do business with the Lord tonight? As Michael's playing that song, maybe you just, maybe that's the prayer that you would breathe. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh. Fall fresh on me. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're here this evening and you say, Pastor, I need to be saved, I want you to come right now and we would love to take the Bible and show you how to be saved. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? Father, thank you. I believe we've got some people who are interested in spirit fullness. Father, forgive us for when we get so full of self. Forgive us for when we are full of sin. And Father, I pray that you'd cleanse us. And oh God, I pray that you'd fill us, Lord, like never before. God, you've been so good to Calvary. I've been, we've been here now over 30 years. God, you've been so good to Calvary. But, but Lord, maybe, maybe the next 20 years, maybe we would see spirit fullness like we've never seen it before. God, maybe we would see you do some things that we've never seen, we've never witnessed before. And I believe you could, and I believe you want to. And so spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us tonight. Lord, especially these that have raised their hands about salvation. Lord, I pray that you'd give them understanding and help them to be saved. Father, we love you and we praise you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You can look up this way. Hey, we're gonna sing this little chorus tonight. And this, as I've said before, this is a prayer. And so as we sing this song tonight, let this be a prayer. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And you mean it with all your heart tonight. Altars are open if you need to come. Let's sing it together. Ready? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me. Sing it out now. Melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on. Let's do it one more time. One more time. Ready? Church, melt me.
remain standing. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And uh, let me just let me say this to you. I mentioned I mentioned D.L. Moody just a minute ago, and I don't know how many of you know the story behind the evangelist Dwight Lyman Moody. Moody was saved. You've heard me tell the story about Edward Kimball. Moody was saved when his Sunday school teacher cared enough to to come by the shoe store where he worked for his uncle, um, Boston, Massachusetts. And he witnessed to D.L. Moody, and D.L. Moody got born again. D.L. Moody went into the ministry and was having good meetings. He was having some people saved. There were two ladies that would meet Moody occasionally, and they would say, Mr. Moody, Mr. Moody, we're praying. We're praying that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Mr. Moody, sort of, his attitude was, you don't have to pray for me. We're having good meetings. We're having some people saved occasionally. And they said, oh, no, no. We're praying that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And one day, D.L. Moody tells, tells the story. He was in New York City, and the Holy Spirit came upon him in a very special way. And D.L. Moody got filled with the Spirit of God. And D.L. Moody said, I was having, I'd go to a meeting, and I have two saved. Now I said, I'd go to a meeting, and have 200 saved. And uh, man, go to meetings, and there'd be 15,000 people waiting to hear him preach. And and Dill Moody was one of the men who they say under his ministry, one million people walked the aisle and gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And, and Dill Moody would tell you it was because of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so, church, we need God's Spirit, don't we? We need to be empty vessels and many vessels. And I appreciate you being here, here tonight. Well, Miss Janelle Vandiver is here tonight. Hello, Miss Janelle. Good to see you. You don't have to stand. You're fine. And so last Sunday uh, in the service, uh, Miss Vandiver came to me after the service. We were still shaking hands. And she said, Pastor, I want to talk to you. And I said, yes, ma'am. I'd be glad to do that. And I had a meeting right after the service. And, and I said, if you don't mind just hanging out just for a little bit. And so sure enough, I came out of the meeting and she was still here. And we had a great conversation, didn't we, Miss Janelle? It was great. And this is what she said. She said, preacher, she said, I feel it's the will of God for me to join this church. Amen. And uh, she said, when I come here, she said, I feel, I feel the spirit of God when I come here. And by the way, to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. She's been saved. She's been scripturally baptized and she gives that, gives that testimony well. And, um, but she wants to join with Calvary, and so do I hear a motion tonight that we receive her in? Lee, I saw your hand first. You gonna make that motion? All right, I will let you make that motion tonight. And I saw a hand over here. Who was it? Right back here. Jimmy, we'll let you uh, second that motion. Right back here. All in favor of that, say amen. 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 Well, I'm not gonna ask uh, Ms. Vandiver to stay up here in front of the church tonight, but I would ask you after the service to, to find her and to shake her hand and to let her know how uh, pleased you are that she's joined the church and uh, we've talked to her about the new members class and that kind of thing and so anyway she's, she is more than willing to do that so amen has everybody done what you're supposed to do tonight is there anybody else that needs to make a, make a move from the Lord this evening all hearts free alright come on up there brother Amen. This is Saul, for, for you, you, you guys that don't know. And uh, 
Saul's been coming now for a little while, got involved in the youth group and became really good friends with some of our youth and Brother Brandon, Miss Mandy, and um, just a fine young man. Went to youth conference with our group this year. And uh, in fact, while he was at youth conference, Saul got saved. And uh, anyway, he um, asked me this morning, he said, Preacher, can I meet with you tonight? I said, yeah. And so he came in and he said, Preacher, I want to join the church. I want to join the church. And I said, well, that's a great decision. No, first of all, he said, I'm nervous. That's what he said, I'm nervous. (laughs) And I said, you don't have to be nervous, buddy. But he said, I want to join the church. So here's the situation. So uh, Saul got saved at youth conference, but he hasn't been baptized yet. And so here's what we're going to do. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to baptize him. And upon his baptism, upon his baptism, we will then bring him officially into the church. And so do I hear a motion tonight that we do that? All right, Brother Donnie, I'll let you make that motion. Brother Mike, second that tonight? Amen. And all in favor, say amen. 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 How old are you, Saul? 17. That's right. He turns 18 on Friday. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, happy birthday early. Thank you. Man. Did you, do you know what God could do with you? A lot. A lot. Yes, yeah. Sky's the limit, brother. Yes, sir. But let me tell you, who else knows that? The devil knows that. Yes, sir. And he, he's going to do everything he can to sidetrack you, so don't let him do that, okay? You're proud of this young man? Amen. Amen. So Lord willing, next Sunday he's going to get baptized, and I think we have some others that need to be baptized. And so if you have been saved, but we've not baptized you yet, be sure you come and see me after the service, and uh, we'll get you lined up for next week as well. So appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, God bless sir. you. God bless you. And get your seat, Ms. Vanver. God bless you. Amen. We'll give you that right hand of fellowship. Yes. Amen. It's a joy. Yes. It's a joy to have you. Amen. And so you find these folks tonight. Let them know you, you're, you're appreciative of them. Listen, church, have a great week. Don't forget question and answer Wednesday night, okay? And we're looking forward to a great time together, okay? All hearts clear? Yep. All right. Amen. Brother Mike, how about coming up here to the mic, if you will, and dismiss us in a word of prayer? <laughs> Amen. Let's bow our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blessings that you provide us. They're all too numerous to count. Thank you for these that have been saved, that have joined us in this church. Thank you for our pastor. Thank you for everybody in this church. Their hearts are full. Their hearts are free. Let us go through this week and glorify you. All of this we ask in the name of Yeshua, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.